Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, here with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Uh, going to be an interesting episode. Uh, I can't wait to hear some of the stuff we did over the weekend, but uh, going to be a little sentimental. Might tear up a bit. <laughs> and the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light. I, uh, I'm just going to laugh at you. <laughs> well, well, let's go ahead. Let's set the tone for the show right here, right now. So, yeah, this is going to be my last episode hosting To The Top Talk. We've had an amazing past seven years. The show will go on, though. So we'll continue that, but we'll, we'll get more into that as the show goes on. But, you know, just kind of got to where it was with, with work and everything else. Um, I just couldn't keep up with everything like I wanted to. I want to be able to be, you know, I don't want to say the expert because that's not what I ever felt like, really. But I wanted to keep up with Southern Miss enough to know what was going on and, and uh, be able to do um, a good job reporting for the out-of-town people. And uh, just my time has been more and more consumed and uh, just decided it was a good time to step away while we – we have some momentum going, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for the program. Look, it takes an incredible amount of time to run a foot fetish website as your day job. And <laughs> I mean, we get it, man. We get it. There's yeah. lots of pictures of feet coming in. You got to cycle through them. You know, I was thinking, you know, I really was, I was like, I don't I mean, I know people have their fetishes. I've never understood the foot thing that the feet have never done. I've never been like, ooh. It's never done feet. anything. For, yeah, the feet fetish. It's like I don't understand. There's plenty that. other pieces, parts of the body that you could latch onto. Absolutely. I mean, I think I always think I go for the appropriate ones, but you know, the feet. That's never really been a thing. I was thinking about that like somebody because somebody said something about feet, and I was like, I don't even get that. I don't even know how you get into that. I like sneakers. Yeah. That's about as far as it goes. It's halfway Natural there. Natural progression. Give Nat- it. Give it ten years. <laughs> sneakers are sneakers are the gateway drug to feet. <laughs> You're going to walk in, you're going to be sniffing sneakers one day, and then it's just going to go south from there. Let's go south from there. <laughs> so uh, Bump and I went down to the Lending Tree Bowl this past weekend. We, we documented some of our adventures. So we'll get the show started off with us traveling down Highway 98 to Mobile, Alabama. It is 11.44 a.m. on Saturday, December the 17th. Jason and I are in the Bailey Mobile heading eastbound and down to Mobizi to see the Golden Eagles take on the Rice Owls in the Lending Tree Bowl. I'm like, I don't know, we sound like old codgers or whatever, but like when we first played in this game, it was the Mobile Alabama Bowl. Right. So it's gone through several. There was a Mobile Alabama Bowl, then it was the GMHC, 
Uh, now it's the lending tree. Seems like it's been something else in between there, but nah, man, I'm just glad we're making this trip. You know, forever, what uh, I got for my birthday, which is on December the 11th, from my dad, was a ticket to our bowl game and the whole in the hotel and all that, right? Well, it's been a while, <laughs> so it's nice to be uh, to be making this trip again for sure. It's great having it on a Saturday. You don't have to take off work. You can save those vacation days. I do have some FOMO because of all the people I've seen down here that went to the parade last night, that have been hanging out at the bars. Uh, Southern Miss is is really showing out down here in Mobile. Yep. Uh, So I think our plan is to drive down, hit up Heroes for a second, then go over to the alumni tailgate. I've already seen uh, the Pittmans um, tweeting out that they're at Heroes, so hopefully they're still there. By the time we get there, the Kennys, of course, will be around, the Farmers, all the usual suspects. But, yeah, Mobile has been taken over by Golden Eagle Nation, and it's uh, it's good to see you, man. I'm, I'm uh, ready to get there. Gray skies out today. Temperature is a little chilly, so we fully into, we've, we've layered up thoroughly. Um, thankfully, Jason's got the AC on right now because <laughs> if not, I would. I did apply some of the Manscaped stuff that we got. Shout out to Manscaped for helping us out last year. Uh, I did apply some of that, just that nothing anybody's going to be getting a whiff of anything. But I was like, you know what? This is for me. This is for me. Whenever, because all these layers we got on, I know that when we finally have to go to our restroom, like it is going to be. Not easy. It's going to be a chore. Not easy. Yeah. Well, and the things that my wife gave me to put on the, 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 I guess the uh, insulated underwear or whatever, um, not made for a man. So uh, <laughs> I got to pretty much come down to knee level when I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> We're going to be going separately, uh, not like the ladies. We're going to let that roll on out. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we're heading down right now, uh, about to get on 98, so we'll check in in a bit. It is 1.35 p.m. Jason and I have arrived at Hero Sports Bar, which has been absolutely ransacked by Southern Miss fans. Um, not even standing room only. It's more than standing room only. I'm sitting here with Patrick Lowry. A lot of Golden Eagle fans uh, apparently making their way down to Mobile. Absolutely. You know, it's... Uh I heard this was a spot. Uh, I came down today and uh, I came directly here, opened the door. As soon as I opened the door, Marshant Kenny standing right in the door. I knew I was in the right spot. And uh, like you said, it's packed. I mean, st- more than standing room only, people everywhere. If this is any indication of how tonight's going to be, I'm super excited. I think Marshant has taken over as the hostess. Like, he's still at the front. Uh, I don't know if he's greeting people or seating people or taking names, but he's he's having a big time. Absolutely, I think he's he, he might be uh, tackling some people if Rice fans comes in. He might. So I think he's kind of acting as that uh, the guard for the door. Three oh three, game starts at four forty five. Walking around tailgate and uh, and ran into a huge Golden Eagle fan. Makes all the games. Uh, drives in from out of town. Steve Farmer. So Steve. What's up, my man? Man, it's exciting, huh? It's been a three-year dry spell, and here we are in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and our fans have come out in huge numbers looking to have some fun and get a win. Yeah, uh, really has come out in, in big numbers. You know, I saw all the, the, the parades and stuff that were going on last night, and it looks like Mobile does a really good job of that. Uh, out here at the tailgate now, I know you and I tried to walk over to the Eagle Walk, uh, and by the time we got over there, Eagle Walk was done, um, but it's a good problem to have to have 2,000 people here or so, like on the other side of the stadium. Um, so, did you guys? You guys drove in last night. I know you live on the North Shore in New Orleans, but you guys drove in last night. 
We did. Got in about 4.15 and uh, was able to go get some uh, lunch or kind of early dinner uh, on Dauphine Street. Or, I'm sorry, not <laughs> Dauphin Street. And had a great time with the Heroes. Had a lot of Southern Miss uh, folks in there. And, and then before we knew it, uh, the parade was getting ready to start uh, about 6.30. And, man, they had a lot of people for that parade. I'd say there was probably six, 7,000 people and at least two or 3,000 were Southern Miss fans. So you came here with your wife. Um, how'd you pull that off? Mine like looked at the forecast. It was like chance of rain, thirty something degrees outside, zero chance. But uh, but Tabby's a trooper. Well, I tell you what. Remember the uh, 2016 bowl in New Orleans? She had so much fun at that bowl that um, you know Mobile is a lot like New Orleans, and she was really ready to come have some fun. And then we, again, all of us tailgated uh, in 2017 for the Independence Bowl, and so she had a ball there. So she was with. With us not going to the 2019 bowl up in Frisco, uh, she was ready. And then the kids, this is the first time they could come and experience it. So they really wanted to be here. Awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, looks like we're getting ready to walk around, maybe get another beer or two before we walk in the stadium. Just going to go ahead and ask you, prediction on the score? I was thinking about earlier early today. I would say uh, 24-10 Eagles. 24-10 Eagles. I'll take it. All right, my brother. Well, Southern Miss to the top. 4:05. Getting close to game time here, 40 minutes away, ran into good buddy Chad Dickens. And I see our good friend Car Shannon over there, the most kick-ass pair of Southern Miss shoes I've ever seen. We'll get to that in a minute. But Chad, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How you doing? You warm yet? Uh, I was a lot warmer uh, before I got out here, but I do have my gloves and my hand warmers and all that stuff. And we're... Um, yeah, I, I'm way more prepared uh, for this game than I was at Independence Bowl for sure, but it's a little bit nippy outside, huh? It, nippy's nothing. I had to go buy a hooded sweatshirt, and I don't want to know how much that cost me, but I don't care because I'm warm now. This is not the time to go look and go spend all of your money everywhere, yes. especially at Campus Bookmart. That being said, right after Christmas, it's probably a little bit better deal, right? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, coming out here to the bowl game and dropping the bowl prices, I don't care. Um... You know, it benefits Southern, uh, so I'm happy with that. Yep. So you drove in from Pensacola, Florida, Yep. Um, and you make most of the games. Yes, sir. I see you got your family as, as long-standing Golden Eagle fans. Yeah. Uh, your yeah. dad was famous for the hat and the suspenders. Yeah. Yep. You've got the hat on today. Is and this, the suspenders. Uh, and the suspenders. Yep. I haven't seen those yet, but uh, so a little bit yeah, special coming, yeah, coming back. Yep. But there it is. There's the uh, yeah. Leonard Tree bullpen. I just got right. it today. Uh, yeah, when Dad passed away, you know, Roger and uh, his good friend Matt Brenton said that, uh, you know, we should keep the tradition going. And I'm just – I'm touched and honored. I know Dad said years ago when he interviewed him that, uh, you know, Chad gets the hat and suspenders. He goes over my dead body. Well, <laughs> hey, Dad, I got him. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, that I can just live up to what he did with the hat and suspenders and carry on the tradition. Um, and seeing all the fans here today, a lot of people knew Dad, a lot of people who didn't know Dad, um, but they knew him because of the hat. You know, just hearing from them, it's been great. Uh, being here, it's last game of the season. Uh, you know, it, it's tough. With him not here, you know, Roger not here, uh, you know, I've already had a couple of tears with Marshawn and uh, Kevin Dent. She had a couple of tears, but you know what? 
Um, I can't think of a better way than to be here with some of my closest Southern friends, Jason Bailey, Jamie Anderton, big 43 right there. Kenny. <laughs> um, then to close out this epic season. Yeah. Not yeah. One word. It's an epic season. Yeah, it's been a long season. It's been a, been a season of growth. Uh, it was nice to see it culminate in, in a bowl game, and even better to see you mentioned the crowd. Uh, I saw the pictures from last night. It was incredible. Um, so anyway, yeah, man, we're getting ready to go in here, and everybody we've interviewed today, we've kind of asked them what they thought uh, about the game, and I think everybody over here is going to say the Eagles are going to win it, but if you had to make a prediction, what's your what's your score? My score is going to – I'm going to go, you know what, we're going 45-17 in favor of the black and gold today. Love it. All right, man. Appreciate it, buddy. We're going to get in there in a minute. Southern Miss? To the top. Talk. Uh, all right. I just got through talking to Chad. It's 410 now, but uh, like I mentioned, I saw a car, Shannon. Southern Miss, great walking by, and the, the best set of Golden Eagle shoes I've ever seen. Car, first off, what is up? Here, watch a little Golden Eagle, uh, Golden Eagle football. Hopefully uh, beat Rice, and uh, it's good to be back in the postseason. Uh, Coach Hall has a program certainly pointed in the right direction, and uh, looking forward to win number seven this afternoon. Yeah, there's nothing better than rice in a bowl, right? <laughs> okay, so, so so tell me about the shoes. Uh, and I know this is a podcast. You can't see it, but these are black shoes with uh, Golden Eagle logos on each side, the, the Eagle head on each side. I'm, where in the world did you get these shoes? Uh, Bump, I got to be honest with you, I don't exactly remember. I found these scrolling through uh, the Internet right around the time COVID hit, and I ordered them. They were like 50 bucks. They came from China. I forgot about them. Showed up on my doorstep about six months later. So uh, I, I don't really know the site. It was just some collegiate apparel site that I found them, and I was surprised that they actually had them. But bottom line is uh, they are the best-looking shoes out here. They are better than Smitty's. They are better than Smitty's. I challenged him on Twitter earlier. Your name, Eddie? This little boy, he can't find his mom and daddy. That's what I was wearing a vest, so I'm not sure Goodness. Very, very, very well. I tell you what, it's a good thing. You know, you got so many kids running around here. It's actually the second kid I've heard today that uh, kind of got uh, sidetracked from his parents. But anyway, so look, man, so did you come down last night? You got here today? What's got up? Got here this morning and uh, just uh, down and back trip. So yep. uh, just here to see, uh, catch up with some uh, some old friends, some old teammates, see you guys, man, and, and uh, looking forward to uh, tonight's game. Absolutely. So before I let you go, I've been asking everybody the same thing, but uh, i got to have a prediction. What you got? Golden Eagles win. That's all I got. I like it. Bottom line. Love it. Hey, I got one thing for you guys. Certainly want to thank you guys for what you guys do, you and Jamie, for what you guys have done, not only this season, but for so many years with To The Top Talk. You guys have been a voice for Golden Eagle fans, and I just think so many folks appreciate what you guys do with each episode, the effort you put into it, and you guys have been such a positive um, voice for our fan base. And so on behalf of so many, I want to thank you guys for your efforts each and every episode. Wow. What you guys didn't see is I just handed Carr a $100 bill for you, (laughs) sir. Hey, man, appreciate it. And uh, Southern Miss? To the top. All right, it is 6.42 p.m. It is halftime. Golden Eagles have a 17-3 lead. Frank Gore Jr. already with 100, over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Trey Lowe with 125 yards passing, one touchdown. 
five for ten. Jacorius casted three receptions, 75 yards and a touchdown, had the first touchdown of the game, and then had uh, a, a long pass down the field to put the Golden Eagles in scoring position. So strong half from the Golden Eagles, have a 14-point lead heading into the second half. Wow. That was a bunch of stats that you know, like right off the top of your head, sitting in the concourse here. Uh, no, I mean, but Trello, goodness gracious. I mean, he couldn't be playing much better, you know? What a joy to watch. Great decision-making. Um, I didn't realize Frank had that many yards so far, but that's awesome. Uh, we're on pace for, I think, over 500 yards total offense, which makes me wish that we were on pace for, like, 60 points. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's nice to have a lead at halftime. And I'm getting a little cold, so if they can score a few more, we could get on the road a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Frank Gore Sr. in the in the house as well. Seen quite a few Golden Eagle fans. Really, really tremendous showing by the Southern Miss faithful here. Uh, great crowd. Had a little bit of a, at halftime, the, the Rice Band, which I don't think is as big as the, I don't know, St. Stanislaus Band or Summerall High School Band. <laughs> Dropped a welfare fund joke in the middle of their halftime show, receiving booze from the Golden Eagle faithful. So that's what it is. But uh, Southern Miss with the 14-point lead heading into the second half. So, Bob, what would you like to see uh, the Golden Eagles do? I mean, obviously score. But what would you like to see from Southern Miss in the second half? Um, just a lot of the same. You know, I, I, before the game, we talked about it at the I didn't think Trey was going to be – I was hoping Trey would throw the ball like between like 15 and 20 times uh, and Frank would get loose. It seems like we're kind of getting the best of both worlds. So let's do some more of that. Frog's having a great game, you know. Uh, so more of that, maybe a little bit more one. And um, but as long as we end up winning by one point, I don't care. One thing we haven't talked about and we haven't had to talk about because Trey's done a solid job and they've got him in the quarterback, but Ty Keyes is active for the first time. And since the Tulane game, so Tyke's warming up on the sideline. He's ready to go if need be. Well, uh, as, as it stands right now, uh, not sure we need him today, which is a good thing. All right, so it's uh, 7.49 p.m. We're about to start the fourth quarter. Rice comes out, rapid fire, three touchdowns. The Golden Eagles bounce back. Ty Mims uh, catching a Frank Gore touchdown reception. So, uh it sounds like we're about to start the fourth. Well, uh, that was a lot of fireworks in the third quarter. Uh, I was all about some fireworks if they mostly came on our side, but we gave up 21 in a hurry. So, uh, got to uh, got to do better in the fourth. Yeah, got to do better in the fourth. Uh, Golden Eagles have the ball third down and long, so hopefully we can get in field goal range here. He's got to be close to 200 yards if he hadn't hit it already. 
I'm not looking because my battery's about to die, but he's, he should be pretty yeah. close. If I didn't have to take off my gloves to do it, I'm Yeah. There he is. I'm double kicking. Yeah. So it's now 7.52. That didn't take long at all. Trey Lowe hits Jason Brownlee for a touchdown reception. Golden Eagles have a 30-24 lead with the extra point pending. Okay, so this was the point where we took the lead again, but my battery on my phone was going dead. So we didn't record anything else. And we got back in the we got back in the 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 ride and we were like, all right, I was like, let me let me charge my phone up a little bit. And Jason's like, I want to go to Fusaclis. So we went to Fusaclis and we got distracted the rest of the way home and never recorded an ending to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was wondering, uh, when that was going to happen. But before you knew it, man, we, uh, we're just bugging. We hadn't done that in a while, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we used to, uh, go do that kind of stuff. And, um, it was good, man. It was nice to kind of be back in the, back in the saddle again. But yeah, I'll take the blame on the Fusaclis, and I didn't realize it was going to take for, you know that damn long. <laughs> no, <laughs> to it was the chicken. <laughs> like J- Jason uh, made an interesting point on the chicken. He was like, because people are like, oh, I, you know, Fusaclis is the best. Oh, Canes is the best. And Jason's like, it's a chicken tender. Like they're really not all that different. And same, and I think you made the point the same with donuts. Very good points. These people that get on their high horse about their chicken tender spot. It's really, it's kind of like it's kind of like being attracted to feet. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> chicken tenders are feet. It's just not Jamie's thing. <laughs> Fusaclis ticker t- tickers. Fusaclis tenders are a lot smaller than Cane's. Cane's are, are much larger. Their sauce very very similar. Uh, Fusaclis has a bigger fry. Cane's has a smaller fry. It's really it, it and they're uh. both crinkle cut. There's not a lot of. Yeah yeah. Anyway, you slice it. Um, it's pretty much chicken and French fries, you know, and a big yeah. ass piece of toast and some coleslaw. I like the Cane's coleslaw well, I, I, better yeah, than their coleslaw, yeah. though. I do like the Cane's. Yeah, I just I don't know how that. you can have – yeah, I just don't know how you can, you know, say one of them is horrible. Like, this sucks, and this one's fantastic. It's pretty much the same damn thing, so. I will agree. So when yeah. we left off there with the recording, Southern Miss had just taken the lead, uh, 30 to uh, 24. Southern Miss ends up winning the game, 38 to 24. The story of the night, as we kind of alluded to there at the half – was Frank Gore Jr. 21 carries on the ground, 21 carries for 329 yards and two touchdowns. Now, though, that is a, a Southern Miss, that is the Southern Miss all-time single game rushing record. That is also the FBS single game, uh, rushing re- uh, record for bowls. So he had quite the, quite the night. Um, also had was two for three passing for 19 yards and one touchdown as well. So, man, he if if he doesn't if they don't make like all if they have like all bowl teams, I mean he's got to be on all of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, have a day, Frank. You know, I remember uh, we were sitting in the stadium, and at one point you're like, "Is he got? Is he ran for 200 so far?" And I was like, "Has he? He's ran for a lot." 
And we're trying to look it up, but both our batteries were dying. <laughs> uh, and then after a while, we we're like, well, we thought he was close to 200. Then he had like two more big runs. And then to see that 329 at the very end of the game was just, I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, it was the Frank Gore show. Not that there weren't other uh, pieces to the puzzle, um, bright spots during the game, but I mean, uh, like you said, he set every record that you can set pretty much and didn't even look winded at the end of the game. I don't know how the hell he does it. Uh, I'm glad we got him. And I was, I was, I was glad that I was there to kind of be a part of it. You mentioned- I know um, Jim Cole tweeted something along the lines, but the amount of PR that Southern Miss got out of national media coverage over that game and what Frank did was just outstanding. Uh, every sports talking head across the country was talking about that that night and the next day. And not to mention that Auntie Chill uh, went viral amongst people that don't even watch football. <laughs> I, I saw some beer account from Toronto, Canada that I follow on Instagram posted on their story the other day. And what? I was like, this this is a French speaking Canadian person that thought that was the most hilarious thing in the world. Yeah, I had someone talk about it on my work call today that didn't make the connection to me right away, which is, <laughs> I know that says something about me. Somebody else did, but somebody <laughs> was talking about it and yeah. like not even, not even knowing that I was at that game and everything else. So yeah, that was terrific. You mentioned a couple other players too, that, that had strong games. Jacorius Caston started off with the first TD of the game, um, four receptions for 94 yards and one touchdown. He also had one um, rush for nine yards and then Jason Brownlee, three receptions, for 72 yards and a touchdown as well. So, yeah, there were some, and, and also Trey Lowe had a, a had a had a decent night. He was only seven for mm-hmm. 16 for 170 yards, two touchdowns. Um, also had six receptions for seven yards, but one of those was an 18 yard, uh, 18, excuse me, six rushes for seven yards, and uh, one of those was for 18 yards. So a, a decent day for for Trey Lowe, just kind of being the game manager that he is. I thought Trey played great. I thought if you, I mean, if we could have got that kind of performance, I mean, minus the one weird fumble uh, that he had. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think with this year's team uh, having the super back and being um, uh, j- just having playmakers on the outside, but able to run the ball like we could the whole year, we just kind of needed somebody to just get back there. Um, avoid the, you know, just horrible mistake. And just manage it, and we'd kind of be okay. We were talking before the game that uh, we thought that you know if Trey had one of those games where he throws it between fifteen and twenty times, and and has no turnovers, that we probably had a chance. And you know he didn't do his part on the turnover side of it, but the rest of it he really did. Um, threw the ball when he away when he had to, ran with it when he had to, um, just ran the show and um, just paved the way. So you know there was at least a threat of a passing game where Frank Gore could do his thing. And he did. Yeah. Well, one of the main guys uh, that, that opened it up. So Gore could do his work was the fact that Brownlee was double teamed all night. So you've got mm. two guys on, on Brownlee all night. Uh, I mean, that, that leaves the defense uh, a man down trying to, to cover everybody else and good luck tackling Frank Gore jr. One-on-one in space. Right. On the defensive side of the ball, now, Dalen Gill had quite the night. Uh, 11 total tackles, three of those were for sacks. I mean, there was that one drive where it seemed like every play he was in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe they named him the defensive player of the game. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he got they some did. kind of trophy. So, I mean, yeah, he, he showed out. Malik Shorts was all over the place. Uh, seven tackles, uh, a half a tackle for a loss. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> uh, Talent, uh, let's see. Talonite had one and a half tackles for a loss. Um, Eric Scott had two passes deflected. Um, I think it was Jay Stanley early in the game had the chance for the interception, but wasn't able to, to bring it in. But all in all, a, a pretty solid night from the defense. That being said, the story was uh, all the way around was Frank Gore Jr. and the performance that he put on. Well, Stanley did get the pick to seal the win there at the end of the game. So Yeah, absolutely. Very fitting that, that his last play for the season was an interception. And, you know, outside of about a six-minute stretch where the defense just went completely brain dead, um, it was complete dominance. Um, now, during that six-minute stretch, uh, we gave up three scores. <laughs> but um, – but now, yeah, it was a, it was a great effort by the defense all night long. Yeah, you talk about yeah. that was a that was a quick turnaround. I mean, I, like I think we had just talked now as we did a few minutes ago on here. Uh, we had just talked about oh well, Southern Miss, you know, two touchdown lead. We'll see what happens here. And then I mean, before we could even pick up the recorder, there were three rice touchdowns. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, Catherine was out with some girlfriends that night, so. I had Evie and she watched the first half of the football game with me. And then I put her, tried to put her to bed at halftime. Well, that worked out swimmingly as I missed the first like six minutes of the second half and came back downstairs. I was like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I I have not gone back and watched it because uh, the good stuff pretty much happened from that point on. I think Rice did score the, the tying touchdown uh, while I was watching. And then we proceeded to uh, unleash Frank Gore on him for the rest of the game. But uh, I don't know, maybe I'll go back and watch and see what happened. But I think I may live a better, happier life having not seen it. So, Yeah, most definitely. So the Golden Eagles finished the season seven and six on the year. Uh, I thought this was really huge as far as carrying the momentum forward into 2020. Uh, Three, um, you know, we, we started some of that today with the with National Signing Day. Before I get to that, though, we are in the middle of bowl season, and I don't know if it's still holding up tonight. I don't know if the game has started. No, the game hasn't started yet. It starts in three minutes. Yeah, Western, South, Al- South Alabama and Western Kentucky. But other than that, the Sun Belt been pretty strong thus far. Um, UTSA fell to Troy, 18-12. to Of course, Southern Miss defeating Rice, 38-24. to Marshall defeating UConn 28 to 14. So the remaining games are Western Kentucky and South Alabama tonight. Louisiana and Lafayette and Houston. I had to add that Lafayette in there. Louisiana and Houston on Friday, <laughs> December 23rd. And then Tuesday, December 27th, Georgia Southern against Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl, which is in Montgomery, Alabama. And then Coastal Carolina taking on East, East Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. So a big day for, um, group of five football in the state of Alabama. <laughs> Chief December the 27th. So today, National Signing Day, new crop, 23 signees in total. I will go ahead and tell you the most interesting thing that I saw today on Signing Day that I did not realize was receiver Matt Nixon from West Jones is from Mary Hell, Mississippi. I learned this was a place on watching a a tornado on WDM a few years ago. So we have, is this our first, uh, this is probably our first ball player from Mary Hell. Uh, how many, I mean, what's the population of Mary Hill? Is, is it 
I mean, it's a community, right? It's not like an incorporated actual town with a post office and zip code. Uh, I I think it is just a community. Let's see. It's an unincorporated community in Simpson County. Simpson County. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it says. Now you're saying then, Mary Hill, not yeah. Mary Hill. No, not no, Mary, Mary Hill. Hell. Mary Hill. M e r r y space h e l l. Oh, wrong all the way around. I was thinking M a r y. H i l l. I don't know if I would have brought it up if that was the case. Yeah, I was like, uh, you know, this is kind of interesting when you hear of new words to towns on tornado warnings. But yeah, Mary Hill. Uh, it was Carolina's okay. Got some interesting ones too, but uh, go ahead. Mississippi's got some great town names. Uh, uh, per Wikipedia, Mary Hill was so named from the family feuds of the early Scottish settlers. Crazy ass Scots. Yeah. What in the Mary Hill? What in the Mary Hill? Pow. So there you have it. We've got our, we've got a player from from Mary Hell. Well, let's take a look at some of the things, guys. Feel free to chime in as we go kind of through this list. Uh, Ryder Burns, a 6'1", 185-pound long snapper from Lake Cormant, Mississippi. I didn't know that we had a long snapper committed, but we did. He signed with us today. J.J. Butler, a 6'5", a I wish he was 7'5", 6'5", 207-pound wide receiver from Scott Central High School in Forest, Mississippi. He's someone with a lot of size and length, and I think that they they spoke very highly of him and his potential. Yeah, isn't he the highest like rated kid in the class as far as like recruiting services wise? I mean, he's six five two oh seven. I think. Yeah, runs a four five forty. Uh, I mean, that's. Uh, I believe Elijah Douglas is the highest rated. I mean, I, I may be wrong on that, but am I, I confusing it. those two? Uh, well, Elijah is no. a defensive lineman from Pensacola. He flipped from Georgia Tech. Yeah. All right, now I'm I'm thinking about this guy. I thought I read something. Maybe it was uh, uh, whose article was it that I read earlier? Ah, anyway, but they were talking. About, but I mean, that's DeAndre Brown measurables. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think mean, the deal, and this is probably way off. Uh, draft nerds are going to kill me if I'm wrong. But is this the kid that didn't play a senior year? Oh, uh, I think that's I think that's the kid from Mary Hill. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Because he uh he has been injured this this season. So um then we've got uh Colby Cage, six one, two hundred five pound linebacker from Arizona. He well, he's from New Orleans, Louisiana, played at Holy Cross High School in New Orleans, um, entered the portal from Arizona from the Wildcats and ended up here at Southern Miss. Uh Gabe Cavazos, a six four, two hundred and eighty five pound, they believe they're gonna play him at tackle from Lake Cormant High School. Uh, he is a transfer from Mississippi State. Ethan Crawford is a six foot, 195 pound quarterback from Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He got hurt early in the season. Or no, excuse me, late in the season. He injured his knee in the final regular season game, leading them to a 10 and 0 record before being lost for the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, he's somebody that certainly has potentials. MJ Daniels, a transfer from Ole Miss or from Loosedale, Mississippi, 6'1, 210 pounds. Uh, another pickup from the portal. Elijah Douglas, which my understanding is he's, he's one of the best, uh, one of the best high school prospects that we signed this year. 6'3, 280 pound defensive lineman from Pine Forest High School in Pensacola, Florida. He is a, uh, was a originally a Georgia Tech commit and then flipped once they had their coaching change. So. That uh that Pensacola pipeline that the staff is starting to establish for D linemen, 
uh, it's kind of nice. Hopefully we can keep that rolling. That's three D linemen from Pensacola. Uh, you got, um, man, I'm just drawing a blank on names tonight, just all around. We, we, you had, uh, Ely. Um, yeah. Uh, and then you had, we had one from this class from Arkansas that is, a, is an Arkansas transfer, but he yeah. is from Pensacola as well. Yep. Um, those were the three I was thinking of. Yeah, Eric Th- Eric Thomas. So there you go. Um, Let me drink more whiskey. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Live it up. Um, then we've got Holman Edwards. He is from originally from French Cap, Mississippi. 6'3", 210-pound quarterback. Played at East Central Community College. Um, did not see any action this, this season for Houston. And is transferring to the Golden Eagles. Connor Gibbs, I think this was one that that uh, another one that um, you know was kind of a last minute surprise. Connor Gibbs, 5'10", 175 pound place kicker from Metairie, Louisiana. Went to Metairie Park uh, Country Day School. Very, uh, I saw one of the services had him very very highly rated as a kicker. So I'm sure he'll come in right away and compete. Austin Gonzalez, a 5'11", 175 pound quarterback slash athlete, plays. At Lovejoy High School in the uh, Dallas area, he is from Plano, Texas. Thirty-six on the ACT, that kid. Holy cow! That's getting all of the answers right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a that's a perfect score. You got no excuse, Rice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was like, I don't want to play for those losers. <laughs> Maybe he just wasn't a big enough a hole. There you go. Golly. Rice, man. I don't know how that came across on TV, Shane, but good Lord, they were chippy all game. And then the band thing. Anyway, I don't even know if we're going to get into that. But. Oh, we can. I have a slightly different take <laughs> on the band thing, so we'll talk about it later. All right. JQ Gray, 5'9", 160-pound running back from Oak Grove High School. Uh, really, really solid uh, all-purpose back. Speedy, speedy too. Chris Hayes, a 6'3", 260-pound offensive lineman from Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, Tyquan Henderson, 6'3", 200-pound wide receiver from Canton, Mississippi, played at Colin Community College. I don't know how I feel about uh, people who come from Colin, Shane, but here we are. Um, no, he's well, – Col- <laughs> I mean, Swayze went to Colin. You take that up with him. I went to Hines. Oh, you went to Hines? Well, you went – you went to like Lincoln Academy. Is that right? No, Kapaya, Colin is Kapaya Lincoln. Oh, I went to Kapaya Academy. Kapaya Academy. In Kapaya okay. County, which is the co-part of Colin, Kapaya Lincoln Community College. Um, okay, I but, went to, no, I, I went to, I went to Jones, so that's why I couldn't figure that out. So. Well, I, I didn't go to my, my home county, uh, JUCO. I, I went to Hines, uh, in Raymond. Okay, well, Taekwon, you're good to go, buddy. Um, they expect him to kind of, <laughs> you know, compete at one of those, uh, receiver positions. Traymond Henry, a 6'2", 225 pound linebacker from Carver High School in Columbus, Georgia. Another linebacker from Col- coming to Louisiana at St. Paul School. Jacob Johnson, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, Quez McNeil, a 5'11", 185 pound defensive back from Colin as well. Um, Matt Nixon from Mary Hill, Mississippi from West Jones, 6'2", 185 pound wide receiver. Uh, Xavius Reed, 6'4", 220-pound tight end from Callaway High School in LaGrange, Georgia. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. Luke Rogers, a 6'4", 195-pound offensive lineman. I believe they have offensive. Offensive. I think they have him playing center at Brandon High School. Um, Jalen Sims, also from Colin Community College, 6'2", 
202-pound um, linebacker. Before he came to Colin, he went to Memphis. So we're getting him from Colin by way of Memphis. Eric Thomas, transfer from Arkansas, 6'2", 253-pound uh, defensive lineman. And then Tanner Welch, big tank Welch, 6'7", 320 pounds, uh, tackle from Brandon, Mississippi. Big old boy. That kid is a massive human being. Like, I felt sorry for some of those kids that were matched up against him in the highlight video they they tweeted out after his signing announcement because he was like 10 times as big as some of these kids and just completely just pushed him over. And uh, they could do nothing. He's huge. He, you know, I think a a year or two in the strength conditioning program is going to be huge for him, but he is a massive human being. And that's what his nickname at, at at uh, Northwest is Tank. Like I was talking to my, my niece cheers from Northwest Rankin. She's like, yeah, Tank's coming there. I was like, who? And I go, oh, I did the math. So they call him Tank. So I guess yeah. somebody tell Coxie. Rightfully Cox, so. Somebody tell Coxie before he makes up a nickname for him. <laughs> uh, Welchie. Welchie. <laughs> Tanny. Tanny, yeah. It's going to end in E. It's going to uh, end in 90% E. 90% of the time. <laughs> and then the, the closing out the class, I think this is some of the a lot of people are excited about as well. Billy Wiles, a six three Billy Billy Wiles, six three, two hundred and twenty pound quarterback, a transfer from Clemson. Um joined Clemson as a walk on, did have some offers out of college, but decided to walk on at Clemson. Um I believe he was he's been the backup there and uh, you know, very it looks like he has a pretty high ceiling, so we're excited about that. So twenty three players signed right now. I believe we have some room for a few more, particularly in the uh, with transfers. So we'll finish that up in January and on to February. I saw where uh, they want to have the class wrapped up before second signing day in February, but focus on linebackers, cornerbacks, uh, maybe a couple more offensive linemen uh, was were the needs. And they felt with this class, it wasn't so much go out and just stockpile talent. It was, We've got talent re- returning on the roster. We can actually go after positions of need with this class, which uh, should pay huge dividends next year. I mean, you start with the quarterback position. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. you've got three, maybe four quarterbacks right there. I mean, and you look at the injuries we've gone through in the past few seasons, and it's definitely been a position. It's not like we didn't try last year. We did, but it was uh, it's been a position for need and. Just with the injuries that have happened, there's there's been no depth there. So, well, and last year we also couldn't just sign like who we wanted, right? We're still bound by that 25 thing. That's gone now, is it not? No, last year we could oversign. That was the okay. first year you could you could make up some ground on depending on how many people you had lost to transfers. There was a sliding scale of how many extra people you could take, and uh, I believe this class we can take around 30. I believe so, I think that's and, right. And, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and, and as far as you know, addressing needs, we really did that with the, with the quarterback room. Yeah. And you know, I mean, a lot of these guys, like somebody told me, like, so you don't have anybody who's who's played a lot. I'm like, well, you know, no. But I mean, you've been in the meeting rooms and the practices at the spring games of places like Clemson and Houston. Um, you've got a guy who's already played two years of junior college football. Uh, they've been in Division One weight training programs, um, you know, along with some with, with some younger kids too. But the point is, like, if something happens, like it has the last two seasons, uh, it, then the next guy up isn't um, 
as green as probably Wilkie was this year, honestly, right? I mean, he came in and did great, showed out against Miami and, and did a lot of things good. But uh, I think even he would tell you that in two years, uh, he'll probably be a better player than he was this year. So got a room full of those guys now. I don't get that like, oh, they haven't seen any action yet. Get, look at what our passing offense has been the past three seasons. Like, who's going to – who? what experienced blue-chip quarterback is going to be like, ah, oh, let me – you know, and not to mention the inconsistency we've had on the O-line. I mean, it's gotten better this year, but last year it was a travesty. So what what four-star blue-chipper do you see transferring in in that situation? Sure. You know? Um, but we'll all have relationships with these quarterbacks that we're bringing in. I'm, I'm excited to see what, this, what we look like after the spring. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting spring. And, and whenever we get out to practices, and specifically the spring game, um, all eyes are going to be on that one position. Jason, you want to update us on some of the recent men's basketball games? Yeah, I'll try to get through this as quick as I can. Um, so I have three games to update everyone on. Two of them are against the same person. We played Lamar twice. Uh, the first time we played Lamar was on December 10th. Here at Reed Green Coliseum, we won this game 95 to 59. Um, this one really, really wasn't even close. Uh, 50 points in the first half, 45 in the second. Could have been like 60 or 65 in the second half, but Ladner really took his foot off the gas. It was like five or six minutes to go. Um, Southern Miss was 35 points off, turner, off turnovers. Started the game off on fire, I believe, with a 23 to 1 uh, start in just a few minutes in. Shot 50% from the field, 42% from three, and 75% from the line. Crawley had 24 points, seven assists. Hase with 12 points. Ivory with 16. Uh, and those 16 points by Ivory just in 10 minutes of play. Uh, Victor Hart, a uh, very similar line, 11 points in just 13 minutes of play. So won that game uh, pretty handily. Then a couple of days later on December 13th, had to turn around and play Lamar again, this time in Beaumont, Texas. Won this game 91 to 65, uh, led 40 to 29 at the half and, and really poured it on in the second half. I think that the first game Lamar was a little bit shell shocked at just how we came out on fire and they probably didn't think we we're quite as good as we are. The uh, second game they, they knew. <laughs> so they came out uh, with a little more urgency. Um, but it really didn't matter. Uh, four players in double figures for Southern Miss. Hase. 28 points, 13 rebounds, 6 of 8 from beyond the arc. Pinkney's 17 points, 9 rebounds, 3 of 5 from 3-point range. Crawley, three, 13 points. Um, and he was only 2 of 9 from deep. But, you know, the, the other guys, uh, Hase and Pink, really made up the difference. And uh, so the Eagles win that one by 33 points. That leads us to December the 18th, back at home. Uh, this was the day after the bowl game. Um, and, you know, the attendance was pretty good for this game. Uh, 2,600 fans uh, in attendance, and, and that's that's with zero students on campus. The band wasn't there, and I think half the town was still in Mobile. So, uh, you know, so Reed Green's looking looking good these days. Uh, won this one by a final of 86 to 67. Um, and, you know, McNeese. We, we had talked about it, but McNeese had played a tough schedule coming in, um, and and they, they had uh, played Louisiana Lafayette, uh, who was actually picked to win the Sun Belt, and on, uh, Louisiana only beat them by eight points, so we knew we were going to have our hands full. Uh, they have a very pesky defense, 
They play hard. They play chippy. Um, kind of like a knockoff 40 minutes of hell type, type of thing. And, uh, and and they gave us fits for, for quite a while. Um, the starters had to play a lot more this game than the previous two uh, against Lamar. Hase uh, ended up with 19 points, two blocks, four of eight from the three-point range. Pinckney had 18 and nine, and he got it going from deep, going four or five. Crawley played well again, 14, seven, uh, four assists and two steals. But the player of the game, I thought, uh, and, and and you know this guy's really stepped up into into a big role so far this year. It was was Mo Arnold. Um, he's having to play a ton of point guard with Nefty out. He looked great all night. He went for 14 and seven. He had eight assists versus only one turnover and added in a steal. And I mean, anybody who's been out to our games, playing that many minutes at point guard, guarding the entire floor because we run a lot of uh, a lot of full court scoring, distributing, not turning it over, running the show for the most part, it's not easy. Um, and this is I kind of equate it to uh, when when Black Johnson went down for the baseball team and Montenegro had to step in for like 15 games straight or whatever it was, 15, 18 games straight. Uh, that's that's kind of what Mo's having to do. Um, we do have Nico that that can come in and 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 run the point as well. But Mo's been handling most of that, and he looked great. So I wanted to give him a, a give a give props to Mo right there. And so that leads us to the showdown that we've all been looking forward to. Both teams with one loss. Uh, Southern Miss now at 11 and one, headed to LV to face the running Rebs. Um, this is not the running Rebs of yesteryear with Stacy Ogman and. Uh, Larry Johnson and who else is on that team? Anthony. Um, anyway, that team was awesome. <laughs> Hopefully, this team is not quite as good, uh, but they do have a ten and one overall record with wins over Dayton, Minnesota, Hawaii, Washington State. Um, they did just lose their first game to San Francisco, which San Francisco is a good club. They have nine wins this year, but um, but, but they also have some 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 wins that that uh that you think that maybe they should have won a little bit more. They only beat Southern University 66 to 56, beat High Point College by 10 points, 78 to 68, um, beat Southern Illinois 56 to 49. Um, should be a good game for the Eagles. They've got three guys in, that average in double figures. Harkless with 15.2 points per game. Gilbert, 14.6. Rodriguez, 12.4 points per game. They got size and length. They're probably going to come in with a little bit of the red ass after losing to San Francisco, um, their first loss of the year. They actually had, they had an 11-point lead in the second half with just three minutes to go. Um, so I'm sure we're going to get their best effort. One thing to look out for, they're streaky from three-point range. Who isn't, really? But they go six – in, in that game versus San Francisco, they went seven of 16 from three in the first half and only one of 10 from three in the second half. So something to look for. They isn't streaky from three? I'll say <laughs> they're uh and they've got uh vegas has them as, as eight point favorites in this game so if you made money off the golden eagles early in the season and you like your chances you might as well go for it there's a uh sunbelt group messaging deal on twitter and i can't remember who it is right now because just that's on par for the night i can't remember anyone's name um but they have made a good bit of money off of southern miss basketball so far this year it's been a good bet if you've been able to get in on it. Um, 
so like you said, upcoming games this Thursday, December 22nd at UNLV. That game is at 9 p.m. I don't know if that's televised or not. I know they have it on the UNLV website, but I'm not sure if it's going to be available anywhere else. It, it's uh, I, I know the answer to that. I looked it up. It's um, it's on the Mountain West Network. Okay. And uh, if you have a like, I just actually I saw Robert Goss tweeted out that he had a Roku and he just searched for it. Um, the Mountain West Network. So I did that same thing. And it was a free download, so. I'm ready. Whenever the game starts, I can just flip it on. Do you have Roku? I have Fire Stick. Do you have? That's do you, what I have. Do you have to have a subscription to Mountain West TV? I mean, I didn't try to click on the game because the game hadn't started yet, but I, yeah. I, I got the app and I saw it was there. So we'll okay. see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out. Um, then on next Thursday, December 29th, the first. Official Sunbelt game for the Golden Eagles taking on the Troy Trojans at 7 p.m. And then Saturday, December 31st, that's a New Year's Eve game, 2 p.m. at Reed Green Coliseum against App State. So that should take you up into the new year. Shane, do you have any updates for us this evening? I do. I do. We didn't release an episode last week, so uh, we still have some volleyball to cover. Uh, and women's basketball is rocking and rolling. So we'll start with volleyball. Uh, the Lady Eagles continued their run in the NIVC by defeating Western Carolina in an absolute thriller back on Wednesday the 7th. That was at Western Carolina in Coolaway, North Carolina. The Eagles won 3-2, to two and every set was a nail-biter. Uh, it went like this, 22-25. Eagles picked up a set 25-15, then fell 15-25, bounced back for 25-22 to force it into a, a fifth set that went 15-12. Uh, actually caught the last few sets of this and, uh, it was some really intense long volley volleyball. Uh, really, really good match. Uh, Kara Atkinson had 19 kills, uh, two aces and she had some blocks, but I didn't put the number in there. So, uh, we'll just, uh, know that she had some blocks as well. Mia Wesley was right behind her. 18 kills, one block and an ace. And uh, Reagan Lanen contributed 10 kills in a block. Kenzie Smith had 56 assists in that match. So four Golden Eagles got no double-figure uh, digs. You had Megan Harris leading the pack with 32. Lindsey Legg with 16. Lauren Talbert with 14. And Mia Wesley with 13. Uh, the win over Western Ca Carolina moved the Lady Eagles on to the semifinals, where they faced Boston College in Boston on Saturday the 10th. Uh, unfortunately, this is where the Lady Eagles season would end, as they fell 3-1 to one to the other Eagles from Boston. Uh, Mia Wesley did have 19 kills and 19 digs in that match. Uh, Kaylin Demps had 12 kills, Kara Atkinson 10. Uh, Kenzie Smith chipped in 45 assists, while Megan Harris had 12 digs and Lindsey Legg had 10. So that completes a very nice inaugural season for Jenny Hazelwood as the coach of the Golden Eagle program. She sets the program record for most wins by a first-year head coach at 21. And... Oh, I didn't copy that part. Lady Eagles finished the season with 21 wins, I believe 11 losses. Uh, I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Bear with me. Talks amongst yourselves. Mingle, mingle. Uh, that's, that's important information. But the 21 wins, the important thing is that they uh, broke the program record for wins by a first-year head coach, and it was 21-11 
and then 10 and six in Sunbelt conference play. So very nice season from the lady Eagles on the volleyball court, looking forward to next season for them. Uh, lady Eagles have been in action on the hardwood. They hosted Alabama on Sunday, the 11th. That was just an absolute defensive battle. The Eagles would drop that one 47 to 56, uh, really because Bama went on a 13 to 0 run in the second quarter and the lady, lady Eagles are never really able to recover from that. Uh, this was the first home loss of the season for the Lady Eagles. Uh, they did hold the Crimson Tide to their lowest point total of the season as they averaged 76.8 points coming into that contest. Uh, Malia Grayson led the Eagles in scoring with 14 points and four rebounds. Dom Davis had 11 points. Uh, the Lady Eagles returned to their winning ways out on the West Coast, though, as they participated in the Long Beach Classic in Long Beach, California. On Friday the 16th, they faced UC Irvine and walked away with a 50-45 to 45 win. This was the first road win or the first win away from uh, the friendly confines of Reed Green for the Lady Eagles uh, this season. I, I should be more specific about that. Uh, the Lady Eagle defense was very aggressive as they held the Anteaters to 15 first half points. Uh, Malia Grayson herself had 17 points, seven rebounds, two steals, and a block. Dom Davis added 13 points, two steals, and a rebounds. Uh, the Golden Eagles then took on host Long Beach State Saturday the 17th and were victorious again, winning 56 to 50. And the reason I wanted to clarify that the previous win was the first win away from Reed Green because Long Beach State was the host of this tournament. So this was the first true road win. So first win, uh, first two wins on the road for the Lady Eagles. Dom Davis led the way with 20 points in this one. Lonnie Cornfield was also in double digits with 13 for those 20 points and her showing in the previous game. Dom Davis was rewarded with her second Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week honors. The Lady Eagles close out non-conference portion of their schedule with a 7-4 and four record and now move on to Sunbelt Conference play. That will start with Troy on Thursday the 29th at 6 o'clock and then follow that up with a trip down 49 to play South Alabama Saturday the 31st at 1. So a couple of road games for the Lady Eagles to open Sunbelt Conference play, uh, but starting the early season 7-4 and four looks to be a good season on tap for the Lady Eagles. Hopefully they can keep that up in conference play. All right. Outstanding. Jason, do you have any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, let me uh... – Fire up my shout outs here. Um, so first of all, man, I got to start off with you, you know, like uh, this is um, this was something that I'm, I don't know, I'm even sure if I knew like what the hell a podcast was when Jamie said, hey, do you want to do this podcast? So I was like, <laughs> OK, because <laughs> um, it started off with just Jamie. And every now and then I think he just completely ran dry on guests. And I was like his last minute, dude. And then um, then before you knew it, I was on for like, you know, two straight months. And I was like, I don't know, I guess I'm like part of it. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, I mean, what a ride. This is year seven. Is that right? Coming up on it, man. Coming up on seven years this January. Yeah, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's, uh, it's been an honor. You gave me a chance and, you know, I, I, I told you a little bit about this uh, earlier, but, um, uh, listeners. So when Jamie first, I mean, I, I think maybe he thought that I was better at it than I was because <laughs> I was nervous as could, as could be. Uh, when we, especially like when we're at the radio station, but, um, 
But, you know, a couple of times I said, hey, you know, you ought to interview this guy. You ought to do that guy. And he was like, do it. I was like, no, no, no. You should do the interview. He goes, go <laughs> ahead. I was like, all right. Well, I mean, is there any sort of, you know, outline or um, any questions you want me to ask? He said, man, you'll do fine. I said, okay. You know, and but, <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, so, I mean, on one hand, you could say, like, man, he didn't even, you know, train you. On the other hand, he, he let me get out there and get after it. You know, and uh, and just kind of figure out how to do it, and um, and and it was it was great. Um, you know, I just kind of listened to what he did, really, and just tried to duplicate that. So, but yeah, man, thank you. Uh, you're my number one shout out, Shane. Adding you to the mix, uh, you know, here the last I don't know a couple of years or whatever, is um, you really brought something to the show. You, you, you we, I, we always thought you did. And the weird thing about it. Is we could have done a lot earlier, but we just didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know that you could do three <laughs> on this thing. So it took us a little while to get around to that, but when we did, it was awesome. This flow that we've developed, I think, is cool. It's conversational. I think people like to listen to it. Um, we could show up with no notes um, and probably put together an episode that, that, that people would like. And We've done that before. All. We've done that yes, before. Yes, we have done that before. Um, <laughs> For sure. But, you know, it, it's uh, it, I don't know if we can duplicate it. And, and you know, I, I, I'm glad let me kind of still uh, use the to the top talk name and hope I can I can do it uh, justice. And you know, just thinking back to all the, all the uh, interviews you've let me do. And I was trying to think of my favorite one. And I really I really don't know if I have one. But uh, but now, I mean, I got my people's name uh, and number in my phone, like Marshant Kenny, <laughs> Rod Davis. Uh, Coach John Thompson, Trey Sutton, um, Dominique Sullivan, Trey, uh, Cortez Edwards. I don't know. I mean, the, the name, the, the list just goes on and on. Dusty Haley um, of guys that, that I've interviewed um, that I would not have had a chance to do that without you. So I appreciate you. Um, and, yeah, I had a few more shout outs, but you know what? I think I'm just going to leave it at that. No, I appreciate that. Shane, do you have any shout outs tonight? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, you know, I kind of want to echo some of what Bump said. Uh, I mean, this has been an absolute blast. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's always been fun. I mean, the three of us have been friends for years and that's just really what this podcast has been. Well, it, this is easy for me to say that that's what this podcast has been because I don't have to do any of the editing or any of the actual work that Jamie's <laughs> had to do over the years. So yeah, for me, this is just where I sit down with a glass of whiskey and get to talk about the one sports institution that I give a damn about uh, and, um, you know, just hang out with my boys and, and drink whiskey and crack smart ass comments and talk about sports. And it's just been a lot of fun. Um, I'm also going to be transitioning away from the show, uh, not necessarily uh, as permanently. Um, I, uh, I told Bump when we talked this afternoon, you know, I'm, I may stick around for a couple of more episodes and, and help through the transition. And then, you know, uh, it's it's not a, uh, a goodbye by any means. Uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll be on from time to time going forward. But similarly to uh, to Jamie, uh, just work is really busy. I'm chasing around a three-year-old and, uh, the, the conversation is always fun, but the preparation that goes into, you know, me droning on for 45 minutes, uh, for, for fall and spring sports <laughs> at the end of the show, um, 
you know, that it takes time to put that stuff together and work is I work for a very small company and it's just so busy. Uh, there's nobody else to push that work off on. <laughs> I've got to do it. So <laughs> it, it cuts in to that time. Um, so that's uh, I'll, I'll be doing a similar thing. But again, uh, it's not goodbye. I'll, I'll be around from time to time uh, and I'll, I'll be around uh, until uh, Bump gets the, gets his show rolling. Uh, as well. So, uh, he's going to do great. I mean, uh, his, his passion for Southern Miss is, is unmatched. And, uh, it's, I'm looking forward to, uh, to listening to the episodes when they drop and completely not knowing what they talk about. And then not just being from a whiskey <laughs> haze, but been like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, get to, get to hear what, uh, what they talked about last night. So, uh, that'll be fun. But yeah, that's all that said to, uh, you know, thank both of you guys for, for bringing me into the fold. But Jamie, thanks for creating this. You're the, the Joe Rogan of Southern Miss podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that, that your guests have been quite as controversial. Uh, but unless you want to, <laughs> unless you want to invite, come on for one more episode and invite the mob. Uh, yeah, no but, kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I, I get why you need to step away. Um, super busy, but, uh, well, the, the Southern Miss sports community will, will miss you and, and appreciate all the work you've put into this thing over the years. I appreciate that. You're here. Appreciate that, you guys. And I mean, like, I was like, I was trying to think earlier. I was like, okay, let's look at everybody we've had on the show. It would be uh, an episode. It would probably be like a three part series to shout out everybody who's been on the show, everybody we've met, everybody we've talked to. So I'm going to give just a few shout-outs. First off, Matt Wyatt. He is the reason that I started doing this. Like, I, Long story short, I I turned down a job at the university, and I was like – I was on the road a lot with my job, and there weren't any Southern Miss podcasts. Lanny Mixon kind of had one for a brief period of time through his radio, which was was strong. But I was like – I was listening to all these shows, and it wasn't Southern Miss. I was like, I want to do a podcast, so I I teamed up with Super Talk Mississippi to get this launched. Then moved on to uh, WMXI 98.1 FM and 92.7 FM, the score in Hattiesburg, and we were there for a good couple of years. So shout out to to Super Talk WMXI and the score. Um, Also got to shout out all the listeners and supporters. Man, it's just a laundry list of people to name. Um, All all my friends and family who listened, all the Southern Miss fans who listened, all the guests who came on the show, the players and coaches, the former players and former coaches – uh, you know, our most listened to episode was the one with Will Hall when he first came on board here. Um, athletic directors, you know, we had a great relationship with with Bill McGillis and uh, John Gilbert. Both came on the show a few times. By the time we got to our current administration, I mean, they pretty much had a Southern Miss podcast of it, and you could hear him every week on that. Right. So Jeremy McLean, it was kind of like uh, we could get him on, but I mean, he's he said everything he needs to say on that one. So, but he's he's always been very cool and very cordial and very supportive. So we'll shout him him out as well. Um, you know, in the times we had, we had comedians on, we had Mark Norman, who's getting to be a huge name was on the show. Bill Ingvall from the, from the blue collar comedy tour. I mean, there's, there's several more I could name. We we almost had Tom Segura. If it wasn't for a, a plane delay, we would have had Tom Segura on the show when we were playing Florida state a few years ago. So, um, got to shout out all them, the writers, the Jason Munns, you know, so forth and so on. Um, man, it's just been a great, and you think about like where things are. When we, where things were when we started versus where they are now. You know, the first episode we recorded, I had Jason sit in with me. I think we recorded it in my office at Cisco. 
And <laughs> we had this full episode recorded, and then we get home, and I'm, I'm watching the Patriots game. I think because Jamie Collins is playing, and they're like, oh, Todd Muckin, new head coach, new uh, offensive coordinator at Tampa. So they had to go, I had to go back and just re-record. I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm not going to make you come back and go through all that again. But that was our first episode. was like it never made it to air. And I deleted it, so I don't even have it. We were talking about what a great coach Todd Munkin was and how things were moving forward here. Um, and now you look at all the different Southern Miss podcasts out there. I mean, you've got not only the podcast Eagle Hour on the radio, you've got the you know Buzzardry, Everyday Eagles, Sippy. It's got his sports show, so you've got a lot more to choose from. Um, and, and for some other Southern Miss fans, they listen to all of them. You know, I think I've spoke to some people this weekend who do listen to all of them, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I got to give you two a shout out, Shane. I remember at Shane's wedding, somebody said that Shane was everybody's best friend, and that could not ring more true. Uh, we've been great friends for now for, gosh, twenty it, over twenty years, really. Yeah. The days of working together, and uh, from the time that we schemed sell south to get you in a commercial that I didn't get paid for, uh, <laughs> and I didn't even throw you any change from it either. I was just like, Thanks, dude. Sell South to took be fair, me. I was really poor then. I mean, I'm no. still kind of. But. If it makes you feel any better, one of the upper management people from Sell South came down and took me out to lunch at the alumni house here in Hattiesburg before it shut down. So, yeah, Did that you was order off the five dollar menu. Yeah, they were like, ah, you know, you, you how you feel about cheese curds? I was like, well, it's <laughs> what it is. But no, I, I, you you definitely added new flavor and brought new life into this show over the past few years, and it's been an absolute blast. God bless you for doing all the research that you've done putting those notes together because it's really been mm-hmm. tremendous. Uh, Jason, man, like Jason is like when I brought you in, I knew that it was a lane you could speed in because you had that like voice of every fan. So it's always tickled me anytime I meet fans of the show, people that would come up to our tailgate and be like, hey, where's Bump at? Like they it was like almost like a little mini celebrity. And I got the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> and I felt like, you know, when you were doing those, it was I felt like. We talk enough Southern Miss that you know what to say. I mean, of course, you it takes some time to, you know, hone inter- interview skills, and that's what it is. But man, it's been a it's been an absolute treat. Not only get to get to be your friend, but to give you get to you know have you on the show and uh, all the adventures that we had with Southern Miss over the years. I mean, it's it's so funny that your wife uh, was my old roommate who introduced me to my wife, and we didn't even meet until after you started dating her, and we'd been in this Southern right. circle for so long. So it was so yeah, so wild that we got to do all that, man. But it's been an absolute treat for me to get to do this show, getting to talk Southern Miss regularly, getting to put – I don't want to say we put Southern Miss on. We put Southern Miss on a little corner of the map on the internet, and it was a lot of fun doing it. And I, I, for the folks that appreciated it, we absolutely love you. For the folks that didn't, that's, I totally get it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm, my wife doesn't like to listen to me either. I, yeah, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, and like and like Shane said, this is not going to be the end. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of a fresh voice the show comes, you know, from this evolution. What what news going to come at us? What what are some blind spots that I've ignored that you guys can look into, or what what what's what's the evolution going to look like? I'm looking forward to. See, I want the. I definitely want the show to keep going, and I'm looking forward to seeing it happen. Like Shane said, just have a, a lot on my plate right now, and just kind of felt like I needed to to empty some space in my cup. Um, there could be some some things in the works. Um, so stay tuned with that. I'm not going to cover Louisiana Tech like our friend Cloverleaf Mall said, <laughs> but I, I have. Oh God, that was so funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was that was perfect. Um, and I'll very just well spit done. water 
all over my computer. Well, I mean, everything he does is well done. He's it hilarious. Really is. But uh, yeah, that I mean, that's been an added dimension to the show. I mean, just like uh, his little uh, visual recaps, yeah, recaps. Mm-hmm. are so good. amazing. That's uh, I look forward to those coming out. Um, yeah, maybe, it's uh, maybe he should be the art, art designer for the episode cover. Um, you know, just give it his. No, you know, you're you're definitely gonna have a better designer on board, but <laughs> he, he would definitely be be good at that. So, I mean, I want to, yeah, thank you two again. Thank all the Southern Miss fans. Big things. And another thing, when you look at where, where we were when the show started, I mean, Doc Sadler was our coach. We we transitioned Ooh. into Jay Hobson. I think we were coming off several seasons where we didn't make the postseason in baseball. Now you look fast forward to. 2023, we're, we're coming off a, a winning season with a bowl with a, the, the deepest roster we've had in quite some time. Basketball is, it has one loss going into the new year as of right now, as of this recording. And then that was ba- the biggest jump in Ken Palm rating of any team in the country from last year. Baseball's coming off hosting our first super regional here in Hattiesburg. So, I mean, like there's, there's a lot to look forward to in covering Southern Miss and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm always, you're definitely leaving, um, you know, when, um, we kind of have a automatic springboard <laughs> and yeah. like wanting to listen. Hell, we had to go yeah. through COVID with a podcast. Yeah. You know, literally nothing was going on. No, nothing's going on. We got on and talked for a damn hour. <laughs> 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 Crazy. Well, appreciate all you guys. Appreciate all the listeners, man. You guys definitely keep it. T- I'm not going anywhere. Definitely keep in touch. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.
Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football. But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. When the football season is over and done, here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state